Hello, giblets. Welcome. My name's Ross Solly. Great to have your company. This is a momentous moment for the Giblet Gazette because, well, uh, they said it would never happen. In fact, even I think Julian and I, my co-giblet, said it wouldn't happen, but we've made it to 10 episodes. Julian Abbott, can you believe it? I'm astounded. I'm absolutely astounded that we've got to 10. Um, I don't know. We probably can't call that a decade of episodes, but it's 10 anyway. So, it's probably nine it's nine more than many people thought we'd have. Probably ten more than anyone thought we'd have. But nonetheless, yeah. we've got there. Interesting though, Julian, mm-hmm. very interesting though, that after we'd done about three or four, uh, and I'm not going to claim credit for this, and, and I know you probably don't want to either, but that after we'd done about three or four, that uh, the, big, the big man at the ABC uh, made the big announcement that digital broadcasting is the way to, of the future and it's the way to go. Uh, off the back of four episodes of the Giblets Gazette, he saw the light. That's right. He could see. He could see. So, this is the future. Yeah. This is how people want to be informed in future. That, God help that's us. That's right. And, yes, I look, you know, I, I'm glad to be a part of the future. If I can work out the Thursday Powerball numbers being in the future, that would be even better. <laughs> but I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. But here we are. Who would have thought with a combined age of, what, about 120, um, least- we are the future. Yeah, yeah, we've, we're leading the way and um, obviously this is going to be – people will look back and they'll say, what was the defining moment when the ABC went totally digital and abandoned uh, TV news and radio news bulletins, et cetera, and they'll say it was the giblets. That's Gazette. right. That's right. Everything you need <laughs> in one tight little neat package. Here we are. Yeah. Um, we've had some great guests, I've got to say, um, some interesting stories, that's for sure. We had your dog, Julian, on one episode, which was a highlight, I thought. Yep. No, that's that's all. Uh, some people said that was poor, but nonetheless, it was still <laughs> you know, worthwhile. What was what was spooky about that? Do you remember? What's your dog again? What's your breed? It's a it's a, it's uh, well, a it's, mixture, it's, it's, Well, there's two of them, actually. They're called Jacobies. So that's yeah. uh, it's a Jack Russell um, um, and Beagle. Uh, predominantly yeah. beagle, but Jacobies yeah. is a nice way of saying it's a mixed marriage um, yeah. between the parents. Yeah. It's very strange. It's a very strange. Well, I don't know much about dogs, but it seems to me like to be a strange combination. But the interesting thing was uh, that our guest at the time, Nathan Cavalieri, who, by the way, go back and have a listen to our chat with him. Fascinating bloke. Fascinating story. Um, but he, his eagle ears, Julian, picked up your dog. He picked up the sound of the barking, but it turns out the reason he picked up the sound of the barking was because he said in his entire life he's only been bitten by two dogs. Um, and <laughs> they were both your breeds, the beagle and the, the other bloke. What are the chances? What are the Can you chances? believe it? Can you believe it? Little Nathan Cavalieri from all those years ago and then he grows yeah, up through by- life and he's bitten by two dogs and they're on the podcast is the exact breed that tried to take him out. I'm lucky it was at the end of the podcast because if it had been the start, he might have thought it was a setup. I know. He would have thought it was a setup. He would have gone, you guys have set me up here. And he spoke, he spoke grimly as well and he spoke about yeah. having anxiety attacks and I'm glad it was at the end. <laughs> and, then, and then he was all of a sudden backtracking on his plans to come to Canberra because he knew you were hanging around and you were a bit crazy and you got these crazy yeah. bloody combination dogs. Well, there's a man out the front with two dogs. I'm off. <laughs> exactly. I'm off. Uh, no, but that was a good chat. He was, he was interesting. Uh, 
Actually, I just, as you know, Julian, I've just come back from um, from Europe. I've been in Europe for a couple of weeks. And uh, there was something I noticed over there which is very disturbing and I don't know whether it's happening here in Australia or not, but um, people are out, instead of walking their dogs, they're carrying their dogs. Huh? There's this new thing that they carry their dogs everywhere and I don't get it. I don't understand it. The dogs look totally confused. Um, but the people seem to think that this is what, you know, instead of going out and giving the dog some exercise, they just take it out for some fresh air and carry it to the shops. So uh, carry when, when you again. say carry, are they actually physically just picking yeah. Fido up and carrying him or yep. are they putting him yep. in some sort of like, oh, you know, backpack sack. sack thing, you know, like yeah. the baby from the Hangover movie just hanging off the front there? In yeah. one of those. They're not doing both. that? I did see... No, I did see a couple with like the sack uh, with the dog's head sticking out one end and its tail sticking out the other. Uh, there's a few like that, but a lot just like carrying them and it seemed like really weird. I don't know why, but apparently it's a thing now. They 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 feel like the dogs need to be carried and be, to be loved and it's a bit like, you know, when you have a baby and it's got to be right there next to your skin and all that sort of crap. Mm. But uh, apparently the dogs, it's just, it's, well, this is I've a I've seen people with dogs and prams and things like that, but they're normally just yep. an elderly dog or a fat and lazy dog, but not a yeah. dog that's fit, that, you know, come on, you know, Fido, let's go. Let's go yeah. for walkies and you're okay there. But, oh, that's a trend that I hope that doesn't get to our part of the world. Is well, it some sort of fitness well, regime, do you think? Uh, not for the dog, I wouldn't have thought. I think apparently some people are saying that it's a hangover from the pandemic. Yeah. You know how people got locked inside their houses for a long, long time with their dogs. And I think all of a sudden there was a special bond, Julian. Oh. <laughs> a special bond that developed between the human and the dog. And I don't know that the dog wanted that bond particularly. No. Not, not to the extent well, that it's developed. Well, of course, during the uh, pandemic we had dogs being walked nonstop day and night. And yeah, the poor thing yes. Like, not again. When is this COVID <laughs> over? You know, Red Rover. Yeah, well, that's you know? right. That's right, uh, and and the dogs. I, I, I'll tell you what the next best profession would be if you listen to this and you've got teenage children and they're tossing up what career to go into. Dog psychology, that's got to be something. That's just around the corner. It has to be because there's some really mixed up dogs out there right now who have no idea what's going on because their owners have got totally gaga and <laughs> carrying them around everywhere, dressing them in clothes, oh, no. putting hats on them. No, no, no. Putting, no. Bloody stupid jackets on them. Well, it's like in Japan. People put their uh, – cats are very popular in Japan and they put cats in like little mm. backpack things but they've got like this dome-shaped glass area where the cat puts its head. It looks like it's walking on the moon. It looks mm. like an astronaut. And I don't yeah. know, well, why do you have to take your cats everywhere? I must tell you, one time um, in Paris or in a supermarket there and, you know, you know how the French love their dogs. They take oh, yeah. the little dog everywhere. And yep. – um, at one time in a supermarket, there was this lady it's at the not deli. The, it wouldn't be the le dog because that's the, the dog. The, 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 whatever. Uh, yo play. <laughs> anyway, our French for yogurt. Um, and one time we were in the supermarket there and there was a lady at the delicatessen and she was ordering, you know, bits and pieces. But she actually had yeah. her arm back into the trolley and the dog was humping her arm. But she was quite happily carrying on. Oh, my God. So I, I maybe, don't know what was going maybe she on was, there. But... <laughs> maybe she was ordering some ice. And then I had a friend she who was put... very lucky enough to fly in the Concorde with Air France before they had that oh. incident. And um, yep. there was a couple of dogs on that flight as well. 
And you can take your dogs yeah. on flights in America also. In fact, you know, you oh, can we, take your you can take your miniature horse on a plane in America. Well, they're called uh, they're called comfort pets, yeah. apparently. And all you need to do, uh, and how hard can this be, Julian? You just need to show that um, if you don't travel with your comfort pet, that you're going to be an absolute yeah bloody nut job on the plane. So they let you walk on there with your little miniature horse or your, your boa constrictor or whatever it is that keeps you comfortable, and stick it on the stick it on the plane with you. It seems quite bizarre, wouldn't it? I, I, I don't know that it's well. That it's American Airlines, I know for a fact, had a bit of a crackdown because they were getting all sorts <laughs> of things, and it, it came to a head when a bloke tried to take his peacock on a plane. Well, wow. <laughs> you'd be sitting there in the row in front of you with the peacock there, and you feathers in the <laughs> feathers in the mouth <laughs> and the peacock. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But, but just there's how, a push, to, just get, think there's how a push to get dogs on planes in Australia. So, yeah. you know, I don't know, but, a, you know, it's a couple of the airlines dogs. have got some old boilers, you know, mm. they could be classified as. Dogs love travelling underneath, though. They love going in the crate, yeah. going under the plane yeah. and just getting off the other end, walk out blinking, not knowing where they are, yeah. starting a whole new adventure. And, and it's even better when the pilot turns on the, the heating for them. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So when Fido right. does reach um, the other side of the world, he hasn't been mummified. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, here we are. This is episode number 10. It's going well. Um, uh, yes, we were reminiscing about uh, the great uh, the guests we've had. We had Clinton Shivkowski, of course. Uh, yeah, he pre- predicted and... Queensland, didn't he? What is going on? He did. What is, what is it with that state? It's like a cult, Queensland, isn't it? Yeah, I heard I heard the coach going on about this, about how, you know, it's the whole of Queensland and, you know, everybody signed up for this and this is what it's all about. It, it is a little bit concerning. It is. It's not like they're going to have a Waco-type situation, mind you. Well, they, they, have, well, they have got a few Waco-like towns in Queensland. They most certainly but, have. By the way, we love our Queensland. Oh, yeah, through and through. Uh, and we're, and now, can I just say, Ross, fantastic. we're true blue yeah. for Queensland. But um, – it just, I don't know, it, like, good on them. They won another series. They won back-to-back for the first time since 2017 and they went in Sydney. That's their first clean sweep for 13 years, yeah. you know. But they just play with so much passion. And but, but, Julian, tell me something. I don't know a lot about rugby league coaching. I do know that it's sort of not a long-term thing and that people generally only do it for a little well, while and then get moved on. sacked today, Thursday. Indeed. From the Titans, but Justin Holbrook. God. Is is there any obligation, Julian, when you're a rugby league coach, to actually play players in the position they're used to playing in, or can you be like Freddie Fittler and just chuck them out, chuck a, a whole heap of names on a board, and wherever they stick, that's where they play? Well, that was a very awkward situation that they got themselves in, and Tommy Turbo, oh. who seems to be falling down just in a gust of wind these days with injury, yeah, um, was yeah. replaced in the centres by Damien Cook. Are you, saying, are you saying that he's soft, Julian? Are you saying Tommy Turbo? No, soft? no, 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 but, you know, it's just no, 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 no. injury-prone. Inj- um, but Damien Cook got just thrust into the centres when he's yeah. a number nine. He's a hooker. And yeah. he just, like, I know he got the only try for New South Wales, but it's, yep. you know, it's it would, it would have been like back in the day of playing – a massive Mal Meninga at fullback. Like yeah. Your fullbacks these exactly. days are very big anyway. You look at Greg Inglis and the like. But I like Mal Meninga. But, you know, yeah. it's just it was a very strange thing to do. Then you leave Cameron Murray on the bench for forty-five minutes. I don't, I don't know what you know is going on. And I know he's not playing tonight, but it's like leaving Patrick Dangerfield 
for Geelong. Yep. Yeah. Just as a sub for a whole game when he's been yeah. such a, you know, a creative Dominant and integral force. part of that team over the years. It's, yeah. It was a very, I yeah. don't know what was going on. It would seem very odd. But they just, they've got it, you know, bottled, you know. It's in the supermarket, Queensland Passion, you know. Yeah. It's in aisle yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. Just know, yeah they just know what to do. And I just don't understand. There just doesn't seem to be that culture in the blues. And you can have things like Batchy's Blues and everybody wears a wig and looks like a right fool. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah, great. That's funny. camaraderie. And, and yeah. that tries to get yeah. the team over the line. But there's just, yeah. it's just, they've just got this little bit more that, you know, when you finish school, you get your certificate and your Queensland badge. You know, there just really, seems to be something you know there. What it is, Julian. I, you know what it is, Julian, I reckon? Uh, it's because we've become a little bit too woke and we've turned our back on the old bond. Remember the old days of the bonding exercises oh, yeah. that they used to do in the blues and they used to go and they used to like put the Denko rub in each other's underpants yeah. and stuff and yeah. someone did a poo in someone's shoe, uh, if I remember correctly. It might have been Julian O'Neill. Yeah, well, no, that I was, I think, an incident. Uh, no, that's why he popped it on the wall at the Dubbo Motel, as you do. But, um, you know, but no, but the old bonding do, you, well, the last time New South Wales yeah. had a bonding session, they went horse riding and a couple fell off the horses. And hurt themselves. That's and right. Play. But, you, know, you know, it's just I don't know what I don't know what New South Wales, you know, does. And yes, look, they are down on personnel. When you miss the likes of Mitchell yep. and Cleary from your side, especially those two, then you are going to struggle. But you know, Queensland have lost personnel over the years as well. Yet they yep. still just have this this thing. I don't know what this thing is. If you could find this yeah. thing, you'd make a lot of money. But I don't think there's a more passionate state about no. being proud of their state than Queensland in this country. Oh, do you remember when they when they bloody played the Sheffield Shield final against Western Australia, I think it was? They were actually – nobody else cared no. except for them. And it was just, my God, just shut up for a while. I know. Just let it go. It's, you wait until they get the Queensland Olympics in 2032, oh, you know. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. we've invited the world to our games. But good on them, yeah. you know, good on them. But, you know, if we could, you know, bottle that pride for New South Wales or anywhere else, great. Yeah. Victorians don't. Victorians don't mind a bit of pride. They get they get into it a little. Yeah, they do. Quite, yeah, yeah, but again, it's a little different because it's, you know, they appreciate sport in general there, because they don't yeah. really have a team that represents a state apart from the Shield side, really, do they? So no. you know, singularly. So it just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's you know, and Western Australians. Well, I mean, I can say it because I am a. Yeah, Western Australian, but that's complete, complete bloody mental cases. But you know, if you're happy to wear maroon and you think you look good in it, knock yourself out. Yep, yep, good stuff. Anyway, congratulations to the Maroons. Well done, Clinton Shivkowski, who was our guest on about our fifth podcast, I think. Yeah. Good uh, on you, Chuck. Back. Well done. Yep. Um, who else? Have we? Oh, we had. Uh, uh, we had Tim Ross. Remember, we had him on talking about renovations. He was good value. Yeah. Giving us some insights into uh, to where get a painter buy. in the house right now. Did he yeah, exact? How's that going? As we speak, I'm getting high. Um, on fumes. <laughs> I think you're supposed to leave the house anyway. I think reminds me reminds me of when we got our house painted in uh, Canberra one time, and there was this painter there. He's recommended to us, and he would turn up every day with his paints and about four, four or five liters of milk. And he'd just sit there and sometimes we'd come around to just see how he was going. He'd be sitting in the middle of the room, just on his bum, just sitting in the middle of the room, just drinking from a carton, a big oh. plastic bottle of milk. I, and people say people say the fumes 
affect your brain, Julian, but I can't I couldn't see it. Oh, yeah. I couldn't see it. Well, any, you know any obvious case. If you you know, if you want to have a good time, go the oil based paint. Um oh, but yeah. it, it actually it's funny you should mention that. When they first yeah. did um uh, this goes back a long time ago now, when they first introduced um drink drive testing in the ACT, um they started getting at first a lot of painters. And it was the fumes from the paint back then, which was you know, oil-based paint was the thing back there. They were going positive, yep. and they said, "But I haven't had a drink or anything like that." So, it yep. can be just mental note, Julian. Get out of the house while Painter Michael's here. Sounds like it might be too late though. Just listening to you oh, gibber on today. Yeah. What are you getting done, mate? What are you having done? At your well, we had a um, uh, well, it's not the Sistine Chapel, uh, the ceiling, <laughs> but it had a bit of water damage, and so we've had the roof fixed. And now we're having where the water damage came through the roof. And it's yeah. always great when you get a tradie in and yeah. they always go, you know, they look at the work that's been there before that was done by predecessor tradie oh. and they go, geez, mate, are we doing, you know, what happened here? Oh. Who did this? This is, yeah. they've done a rubbish job. Yeah. It looks terrible. Why did yeah. they do that? I've had yeah. to fix you that. You know what? Because we're having our reno- we having a renovation done at the moment in our place and exactly the same thing yeah. happened the other day. A plumber came around just to sort of see what needs to be done. Exactly the same. It could, it could have been you, Julian, because yeah. he said, he said, oh, he says that plumbing, that plumbing that's there, that's all rat shit. He said, that's just, you can't leave it like that. Yeah. He said, you know, one thing go wrong and the whole place is going to go down. And we go, what? Come on, I, man. I it's a bit of plumbing. What are you yeah. talking about? He goes, no, 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 no. He said, look, it's up to, it's the old story, Julian. It's up to you. It's up to you. However, uh, you know, if you're happy for your floor to collapse and everybody, yeah. and if you've got kids, you know, they could fall down there and you might never find them again, yeah. uh, stuff like that. What about your dog? Are you worried about your dog? Are you a serious pet owner? Because that could be a danger for your pet. By the way, that's going to cost you $15,000. I know, yeah, just that little extra. <laughs> so when they go to tradie school, TAFE or wherever what it makes, is. Yeah, it makes me think, Julian, that must, somewhere along the line there must be some pretty poorly trained tradies out there because now all the new ones are finding all errors. With yeah, well, blocks. now at tradie school... They set aside a whole month on how to guilt your customer. Yes. And, you know, half the customers, including myself, just stand there going, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can see what you mean. I've got no yeah. idea. But anyway, it's like when you take, that's what it's we're like having like done. You, and then, of course, like when, you take, when you get them in, yeah, Ross, sorry. you go, can yeah. you fix that? And then I think they're also trained. They've got that eye like you know, Arnie Schwarzenegger from Terminator 2 that scans with the digital readout, <laughs> and the tradie's got an eye like that, and then you'll spot yeah. something in another room saying, what about that one there, mate? What about that crack? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I suppose you'd be coming. You might as well do that. And then all yeah. he hears, and he sees it in the digital eye, is he hears yeah. cha-ching, cha-ching. Yes. <laughs> and it's the old, if you leave that crack, look, I can't say anything, but if you leave that crack, it they say it, nothing might happen. Yeah. But... But you could wake up one morning and, you know, you'd be looking outside and seeing the sun. And the other thing so that comes, the other, and look, Michael seems like a high-class tradesman. Yeah. But the other thing, the phrase that I like as well. And is, is did, just, did he say, does he say call me Mike? No, no, no. That could no, be no, no, he's very formal. Call me Michael? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, the, the other phrase I like from the tradie is, I can't guarantee. That's another favourite of mine. I can't, I can't, <laughs> yes. I can't guarantee it'll work, but we'll. Give it a shot. The other, yeah, the other one I like, Julian, from the trade is, uh, 
are you happy to pay cash? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You're happy to pay cash because I just, you know, if it's all right with you, I'd just like to keep this one off the books. Yeah, no, no, no. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. I said, well, what's the discount yeah, yeah, no. for cash? Well, take the GST off. Is that all you can do? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. then you start in a bartering thing there, which sometimes feels a bit awkward, you know. It's not like you're in Pat Pong Road in Bangkok, you know, hankering over something there. You know, it's a bit different when you're talking thousands of dollars. And yeah, I thought, I wonder how yeah. he does that. But anyway, they do. So, you know, black economy yeah. is alive and well, apparently. So, anyway, that's the way it goes. Anyway, good on, good on you, Julian, for, for, getting, for keeping the, uh, the economy ticking over there in, well, in Canberra. Very trying. I heard it was uh, minus 7 the other morning. Um, yeah, but it's the okay. uh, coldest day in Canberra, minus 7.2 it was, uh, since the 29th of June, 1986. Holy God. Um, and I seem to recall that one as well. Um, that can't be right, though, because I reckon I, because I, 1986 I wasn't in Canberra, and I reckon since I've been in Canberra, I arrived there in 97, I'm pretty certain that I drove into work one morning and it was minus nine. Oh, uh, we have had a minus, no, coldest June morning for however long that is. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. But we have 37 years, for something, but we have had um, a minus 8.8. 8. I reckon that, that was, was in it. July. Oh, yeah, I reckon I drove into work that morning in my Volkswagen and I reckon that the wipers weren't working properly and as soon as some ice got wiped off, yeah. some more came and I had to drive into work uh, down Adelaide Avenue that day with my head stuck out the window. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't yeah. see, and, and, and I think it's the, the period of, uh, of retrospection is over now and they can't charge me, but I think there could have been some dangerous driving involved because I couldn't see out the windscreen and I couldn't be bothered stopping and scraping every – bloody two kilometres, and by the time I got to work, Julian, my face was like it had been stuck in a freezer for like two hours. It was like I couldn't, clo- I couldn't actually close my eyes for a little while because like my the eyes had frozen a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I believe it. No, but it's very – but, yes, yeah. it's just the degree at which things freeze, anything below zero, uh, and they were freezing very quickly yesterday morning. But you being a boy from the bush, yep. rural WA. Yeah. Um, you didn't do what they do on the farm for the frozen window? Just just urinate yeah. on it. <laughs> well, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Now that I think about it, I used to always wonder why Dad would always be standing on the roof of the truck. Yeah, warm stream of water. Uh, fixed. I thought, I thought he was trying to have a look out across the, the wide brown land uh, just to check if there are any anything on, on the, the horizon, horizon that he needed to be aware, like some kangaroos or wolves. Or frozen animals. sheep. Dingoes, but he may have been clearing the could have been the clearing window. the windscreen. You know, yeah, I tell you what, we did have we had some cold mornings in Pingrub. Now that I remember, yeah, but it just looked, you know, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it is what it is at this time of year. Didn't stop a whole bunch of people going out for a bloody Nutbush City Limit swim this morning. I know. Well, winter solstice at twelve fifty-seven a.m. So officially now the days are getting longer, although that doesn't happen for a couple more days. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, they're in uh, Lake Burley Griffin this morning where the temperature of the water was six degrees apparently. Oh, that's quite warm, um, Yeah, I think that's kept warm by the, the cover of the algae on top of the lake. Gives it, gives it warm. Oh, good. But, um, you know, there were people in there. So oh, I should imagine, though, there were uh, cases, as George Costanza once quoted, once quoted uh, you know, shrinkage. There was a considerable amount of shrinkage, I'd shrinkage. imagine. So there would have been a lot more yesterday morning if there were shrinkage. Shrinkage, shrinkage for the men and for the women, there would have been a bit of bloody. Oh, I don't know what would have been going on for the ladies. 
<laughs> just it would have been fairly cold, and as we used to say, pretty nippy, Julian. It would have been very. Oh, it would have been very just... nippy in that water. But then you know yeah. you always see those mad Russians on their New Year go in the ocean uh, and dig a hole through the ice and things like that. Yeah. But uh, Lake yeah. Belly Griffin was the little bits just around the edge there on the water's edge was frozen yesterday. So mm. nothing like the yeah. lakes of, you know, near Chicago and stuff like that. But nonetheless, it was it was very cold. I did see, I think it was a very th- funny thing on, the, who was it, the shovel. Victoria had a very cold morning yesterday as well. 18 Queenslanders died. So <laughs> 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 Ah, yeah, well, it's pretty cold, all right. Anyway, so there we go. So that's we've, that's ten episodes down, Julian. Uh, who knows? Who knows where the Gazette goes from here? It, it can only go one direction, one would think. Yeah, but, well, you um, know, maybe they're listening to it on that little sub in the North Atlantic somewhere. Oh my God! I hope. I hope. I hope that they find them. Oh, I really, well, really you do. Know, it's, but there's a lesson here, Julian, that not everything you build in your backyard exactly. is, is safe. Exactly. Is safe. Mum, what's Dad doing? Oh, he's building a sub for the Titanic. Oh, okay then. <laughs> Seriously? Like we joke. Yeah. yeah, I hope they are okay. I yeah. hope they find them. Of course we, of course we with hope. With every hour that goes past here. and they're running out of oxygen. Yeah, it's not it's a good not, it's, it's not good for them. And, you know, the pressure down at that depth. Do you know more people have been out to outer space than have been down to 4,000 metres? Now they did yeah. a few trips last year, and he's charging three hundred and sixty-five thousand Australian dollars to do this. Yet he's driving the thing with a Bluetooth yeah. PlayStation remote control. Honestly, honestly, and 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 did it pass the did it pass the test? Well, I don't know it what it's don't... passed. I don't think there's you know are there regulations for build your own sub at home and go and look at the Titanic. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if there's any rules. But then it, you can find this. videos of him talking about it, the bloke who's doing this. And uh, he's gone and got himself. He said, oh, this light, uh, two of these lights I got from the local camping shop. Uh, you've, got to ask, you've got to ask the question, though, Julian, at what stage do you sign yourself up to do? And, and again, let, we, hope, we hope that they get found and they're okay. But imagine the lecture they're going to get when they get home. At you know, what stage do you sign up and say, oh, yeah, this bloke's chucked together some stuff that he's found down at Bunnings yeah. uh, and like a leftover bit of an Ikea shelving that he's stuck it together and he's stuck some windows in it and he's sending it down where no person's ever been before. I'll go on that. Yeah. Sign me up. And, but th- the logic behind the thinking of I'll go on that has been made by a couple of blokes who are billionaires who yeah. are very wealthy men who have worked yeah. very, very hard. Yeah. And yeah. The, the Pakistani fellow that's down there with his son owns yeah. a massive conglomerate. Probably the sort of blokes who could afford to pay somebody who knows what they're doing, Julian. Yeah. It's like you. I mean, you've got, you've got Michael in there painting your house at the moment and you're happy to do that. You wouldn't go out in the street and just find some bloke walking past and say, can you identify which end of the brush you hold? Yeah. Where you put the paint, and can you tell me the difference between a roof and a wall? Okay, go ahead and do it. I mean, this bloke has chucked together a sub because he's got nothing better to do. He's called it a sub. I reckon he originally was going to build a car, but he forgot to put the wheels on. And so they said, I'm going to call it a sub instead. Let's send it down to the Titanic because that's the only thing I can think of, the only ship I can think of. Anybody want to get on board? Thank you very much. That'll be thirty. How much did you say? Thirty-five. No, no, three hundred and sixty thousand Australian dollars. Jeez, 
he must have been. He must have thought this is. A I lot. reckon he's probably paid just on one fare for his sub over about ten times. So oh, you know, well, when you, I don't think he's going to well, much what's the PlayStation controller about fifteen dollars. I assume that he'll get the bill, won't he? He'll get the search bill for it. Well, I somehow think Ross, and they they keep hearing tapping and stuff like that. And you know, yeah. as as we've said, I hope they're okay. But the yep, likelihood of them being okay now, yeah. after all this time, when they're searching an area the size of Sydney, is yeah. not very good. And the pressure is immense down there. It's like six thousand pounds per square inch. So all you need is the slightest, tiniest hole in your yep. backyard bunning sub, and yep. it's imploded. And you wouldn't know; they wouldn't have known. So, um. Yeah, it's it's a very sad situation, but at the same yeah. time, it's a very strange situation that you'd be prepared yeah. to go through that. And I know, I think his name is David Pogue from CBS in America, a journalist. He went down right. on it last year. Yeah. And it's, it's right. you know, he went down and he came back up again, but it's since been revealed that he didn't report all the things that actually did go wrong when they were doing their trip. Oh, no. So, Seriously? you know... You've just you've just got to wonder why. Hey Ross, we're going to strap a rack a rocket to your back. Yeah, we'll, sign me yeah, up, and we're going to launch you over Sydney Harbour Bridge. Has the person has the person building the rocket had any rocket building experience before? I've worked in a dynamite factory. Yep, that's about it. <laughs> sign me yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think that's a good note to finish. Well, it's not a good note to finish on, Julian, but I think we should finish our 10th episode with a warning to people that's at home right. that don't be, don't be too eager to sign up to things that might actually be dangerous without checking the fine print. And don't forget, if it is a bunning sub, it's been done 10% cheaper. <laughs> yes, it most certainly has, and there's no money-back guarantee anymore, by the way, on that. Uh, thank you, Julian. Uh, it's been fun, 10 giblets gazettes down um congratulations to the abc for getting on board and realizing that this is the future right. and and we're happy to be the leaders in this field and obviously with anyone who's just listened to this episode we'll see why i'll have to send them the a ABC. consultancy fee indeed three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars worth yeah good stuff thanks julian Thank you, Ross. <laughs>